Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida and the best way to start your Saturday, this is KMA Talk Radio, life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGrocco, the man with the scoop, William Cooper, Alex the Goat Tavella, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe DeBella. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Honest Abe here, and we are broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, episode number 528 of KMA Talk Radio. And as always, I am here with the trusted KMA crew, the man known as the GOAT, Alex Tavella, and bringing you all the industry top news, rumor, and teaser-free, William The Scoop Cooper. Good morning, gents. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing today? We're doing, bro. We're doing, doing yeah, exactly. We're nice here. Saturday morning. Fun stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Need some updates. You know. Oh, maybe I should How meet my phone. That would be yeah, a good idea. Phone, you know, there you go. On silent. That would be a good idea. So, um, <clears throat> I typically sometimes forget to do this till later in the show, but why don't we kick it off now to all our fans joining us this morning. Always the best way to start your Saturdays. We're going to talk about what we're lighting up for the show today. So uh, post in your comments. Let us know what you're smoking. Coop, what you what you what you're lighting up today? I think I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going with the Trinidad Espiritu number three. I know we're gonna be talking about it, and this is okay. my first time to be smoking it. I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah, we're in. We're all we're everybody's all in. We're, we're all in. in. We are we're in. All. What's the word I'm looking for? We are in sync. We're in sync. Sync would be the word. We're in sync. Yeah, I think we all have the same size too. I think we're all smoking Somebody the Toro. Can... Somebody give me a better word. We are in unison. 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 Harmony. There we go. There Harmony. Go. So um, Harmony is not a word that technically usually correlates with KMA talk radio, but <laughs> for once we're in harmony. But um, yeah, it's obviously an uh, homage to our special guest today, Rafael Nadal from Altus USA. Will be he'll be joining us very soon. Talk about this third iteration of this. Spirit Two line and, and the phenomenal success it's been having. So good stuff. Four weeks. We are down to the four week stretch of the Great Smoke, pretty much. Home stretch. Home stretch. Yeah. We yes yes we've we've passed the month away part. We are yeah less than a month away. Man, I don't know about you, but I totally feel like it's just sneaking like up on me, man. You know. Have you um? Have you scheduled your 23-hour day yet? No. That because was the, we all know that the only time to get the timeline done is at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right. You can't That's do it during the day. I mean, right. actually, after 8 p.m., it's pretty sound in here. You can get but started. The most distraction I got is you coming in to play chess, pretty That's much. At that time of night. But um, no, it was actually slotted to finish the final floor plan and timeline. This week, I got a little preoccupied, so the goal is to hit it next week and <clears throat> get that going but everything else seems to be okay other than our 
new TGS swag boxes have been stuck in customs now for a week in Miami. Uh, uh, at least they're in Miami. No, they've been in Miami. Yeah, they're right here. Yeah. I, you know, experience has taught me I didn't trust the guy. I had to see the bill of lading. They are actually in Miami. Um, so, you know, we, we were going to start packing them for the virtual guys because, you know, we have to ship the virtual packages out, you know, middle of February. So we're coming on like two weeks out now. And we were hoping to have spent all, I mean, from last week and all this week packing. And right. it is not happening, but hopefully that'll be, uh, running on all legs this week. So anybody listening or, or signing today or, or watching the show, even if you watch it later, is this your first live great smoke? If this is your first live great smoke, put it in the comments. I'd like to really see how many people are coming live for the first time. How has it been going this year, live versus virtual? I know like it seemed like it's shifted a lot back towards the live in the last year. Listen, as it should, and, you know, it's funny because I just got the quote from, you know, we, we spend a lot of money broadcasting that yeah. event. I mean, it's, it's a big crew and price has gone up a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of it, uh, a lot of bit since uh, last year. So I have a conference call scheduled with the crew. Um, so, you know, our, our main goal is to for at least the virtual side to cover that expense. You know, okay. that virtual tickets covers that nut. Right. You know, we'll always keep doing it. And um, we are ahead of ticket sales last year which is a good sign but we, we also have a, we also have a month less to sell tickets true right because it was in march last year yeah right. like that's why i stuck up on you that's yeah, why i stuck up on you yeah less time yeah to sell the tickets so it'll be interesting to see where it lands ahead now here we go we got a couple cherries yeah first timer there first timer there first timer there there you go that's the best answer right there marshall that's our goal our goal is to Create a differentiating and new experience for that kind of every time. Uh oh, he's coming out of the closet. We may have to hide. Oh, Jeff. Wow, Jeff. Good job. Nice. So. Nice. All right, Abe. So, you know, we got a guest coming in. I don't want to waste a lot of time, but we need to get an update. It was Asher. Yep. It's actually it's UN Asher season at this point. Has Literally. come to an end. Has come to an end. You had two games this week. Give us the details. Three. Was it three games this oh, week? Oh wow! Three last week. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The quarterfinals Monday, semifinals Wednesday, finals Thursday. So quarterfinals was a smooth game. You know they pretty much dominated. Um, the semifinals, it was rough. The kids really uh, stayed composed. They were behind a few points, a few points during the game. I ended up winning by one point. Oh wow! Yeah, it was uh, it was a win, and we'll take it. And the 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 funny thing was, the final was against the undefeated team that they took a hard loss to uh, about three or four weeks or right before a, a week or two before the holiday break. So it was kind of cool that they were going to play them because that's what you want, you know, as an athlete. Um, and when we had our semifinal game, they played the game before us, so we watched their whole game. And um, they were trailing 9 to 12 points at one point during the game. We really thought they were going to lost. They came back again last minute because that's how when we lost to them, same thing. We, they, we were dominating, came back last minute. They won it with 12 seconds left in the game, came back last minute, tied it, they go into a two-minute overtime. Jesus, two-minute overtime with 11-year-old kids is like, you know, one possession. You know what I mean? It's right. like, yeah, yeah. Right, right. you know, there's no shot clock. You know I mean? It was right. kind of ridiculous. 
and and the number one seed actually won. So we go to the finals, number one versus number two seed. Um, it was a great game. It really was. Yeah, it, I don't know where these kids came from. I think it was the, the, the guys on Asher's teams, their friends in the league. You know, there was like 40 kids that came just to watch this final game, and they were all rooting for Asher's team and loud. Nice. And, and it was kind of odd because the other parents on the other team were getting mad at these kids and like literally, <laughs> be respectful. This is ridiculous. And I, I finally just out of aggravation stood up and said, you, you know, you're yelling at a bunch of nine-year-olds, right? <laughs> you tell you, I mean, I don't know if they thought they were our kids. You know, they wanted us to do, but, but there's 30 or 40 of them. It's not, I mean, it can't be our kids. There's only eight kids on the team, you know? So, I mean, you, you know, common sense had to kick in, but they were, they were leading the whole game, dominating the whole game. And then it got close in the fourth quarter and the game was really taken from them in, in, a, in a really bad, and it's not that it was a bad call because they got into one and one and with 40 seconds left in the game. Um, they called a foul on one of our best players. It's 40 seconds up in the game. They call the foul. Right. And the kid took the basketball and slammed it, dribbled it really hard, two-handedly, right in front of him, like in, in his own aggravation. You know what I'm saying? Takes the ball, pounds it, catches it. It's not like he slammed it and went 30 feet up in yeah. the air and he walked away. He just dribbled it to himself really hard. They called the a technical on him. Four seconds left in the game. So they so, got, so now they we're got talking two left. shots, a technical shot, and the ball. Yep. No, two technical shots. Why two technical shots? Don't know why. They gave him two. He had, I don't know. There's weird rules at this level. I don't so know. So he got the two. He got the two foul shots. Two technical shots. Two technical shots. Usually it's and possession. Shot. So I think he, and possession of the ball. I think it was a five point thing. All the Swing. thing, and we ended up losing by one point. Oh. Forty seconds. Yeah, all that for. It's I mean, <laughs> call the foul, but a technical on a on a ten year old Cooper. You know? that's, I'm call. That's what I said. I'm calling foul play here, man. A ref is related to somebody on that. Other <laughs> it's that, always the refs. Come on, I mean, you how know, you calling technicals on first, nine year old kids? At first, at first, I thought it was because the kid said bullshit. Oh, but I found out afterwards it wasn't the kid that said bullshit. It was our coach who said bullshit. The kid just slammed the ball. And, you know, to, to let that decide a game, take away from a great game, because it was a great game through and through. really was. It was a highly competitive game. And just to take it away like that, ruin the, the quality of that game, to let it be decided literally by a technical call with 40 seconds left in the game, in a, in a, in a championship game, not like midseason, nobody gives a shit. It, it, right. was just, it, was, it was literally the worst call I've ever seen. Oh, you know, right. so right. it was a I'm tough loss, you. you know. It was a tough I'm loss. Calling for an investigation. I told that the kids, ref. you didn't lose. The game was taken from you. Hold your heads up high, man. You played it's gonna And it's going to happen again to them if they yeah, continue to right. play. It's yeah, not the first time it will happen yet. Yeah, so. right. It was, a, it was okay. a great game. It was a good life lesson, learning experience for them. And, uh, sure. you know, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed outside of the, the, the other parents are cool. You know, I had bought some sparkling apple cider. I was going to spray everybody had they won. But some of the parents had bought some beer. And we all hung around and talked. And. At this level, nine or eleven years old, all these kids were respectful, nice, good kids. They were That's fine right. young men. They weren't selfish. Because I'm gonna tell you something, they're all good players. I mean, you know, some stronger than others not always, but these are all good players. I think Asher is either at the bottom or second to bottom as far as skill wise. And he's also uh, one of the youngest kids on the team, too, right? He's, he's at the youngest level, yeah. yes, yes. And um you know that no one was selfish, no one was egotistical. It was really a good group of boys. I'm really gonna miss miss not seeing them next season. You know, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, coach, 
you know, tries to draft the majority of them back, but we'll see. Well, that's something you mentioned. Um, all the kids on the team, none of them are at the age limit, right? So none of these kids are so going to – all these kids will notice, be in that same league next year. I didn't notice till till this year, but no one on our team was 11 years old. So oh, right. a so lot of the other it. teams in the league, they're going to lose a lot of their taller, stronger players next year where we literally are going to have – I mean, all our kids will be available if they all choose to play in the same league next year so. It's like having a it's like having a college team with a bunch of juniors reach the final four right, right, next year. Right. So I'm hoping I'm I, so listen, my I was very proud of my son. He had a strong game, took a couple shots, made a move, dribbled down the lane, made it. I mean, I was literally that that shot hit the rim twice and bounced out. All my daughters were there. We all were on our feet. I think I would have had a heart attack if it went in. But it was a brilliant game, and uh we'll just look forward to next year. And he starts flag football next month. So I'm gonna keep that excitement rolling. But my oldest daughter. So my kids veered away from sports. I actually apologized to my daughter, Petra. Um, my kids veered away from sports. Two reasons. I didn't really push it on them because they were girls and I just didn't think about it. That's on me. That's my fault. You know, I didn't really instill a sports sense because backwards in my brain, I felt like, you know, I don't know. That's a thing you do with your son, you know? Right, right. So um, Petra was so inspired by the season. She signed up for ba girls basketball, which starts this summer. Nice. She, she wants nice. to play, so it's going to be cool. That's great. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really a nice, really emotional ride for me this season. I was, I was, I was very, very, very happy to be it. But that being said, we have a very special guest in our green room. Let's not waste any more time. Our dear friend and Wait a great minute. friend of kids. We got to give him the uh, yeah. Yeah, he gets it, bro. He's got to get it. It's Rafael. time. Oh, no. oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time. We don't get to, it's time. I'm out of sync. I'm out of sync. Right. <laughs> yeah. This it is an honor. time yeah. to meet your maker. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. I'm used to Paul doing this. I was caught off guard. Today, joining us live from the comforts of one of his luxurious spots where he's always at, our dear friend, friend of KMA Talk Radio, friend of Smokin, Raphael Nodal of Altus USA. Raphael, good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good what an morning. opening. I, I am ready to leave because after this, <laughs> I can only go down, you know? But, uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought you might have had a buffet of caviar. And yeah. Stuff. And, you know, well, that was that was before the that was before the uh, the the show. Eh, that was before the show, the, the breakfast. But uh, I did put a, a picture in the in Facebook of my studio, which I have. Uh, I have the cafecito here, the cigars, the news, the thing. Is I'm learning for you guys. I'm learning for you guys. Uh, thank you for having me here. What an amazing opportunity. Listen, Great listen to him. He's learning from us. Raphael, let's be real. You taught the master class on that stuff. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I have to tell you, this is how I spend every single Saturday. I hope you know. Um, I, I listen to you guys. This is my Saturday morning. By the way, in many parts of the world, I have listened to your show. I just enjoy it. It's just part of my Saturday. 
even on the last few weeks, I've been taking care of my mother on um, at night, and then Saturdays I listen for her. She knows you guys, and uh, you don't know, speak English, but uh, she has a name for every one of you, eh, by the way. Thank you. Oh, we see, you, we see you in the comments, and we appreciate it. Every <laughs> yeah, week, we really yeah, do. Yeah, we do. We really do. Am I El Gordo? El Gordo. El Gordo. <laughs> no, you're Ave, but Ave is like Ave, Ave Maria. Like, uh, you know, oh. it's, uh, it's the same thing. The same thing, the stallion. The, I'm not going to even say what the Italian stallion because I tried to explain what the uh, Italian stallion was, and oh my God. And of course, uh, <laughs> my, my friend my friend Will is El, El Calvito, which is no hair, but. <laughs> Will, are you ever going to let go of the sides and just go fully, fully fresh? I'm thinking of it. I have been thinking of it. I, I had a skin condition that was preventing oh, that, that. but talked. it's cleared up. It, it's cleared up, so that's why I've been looking at it. Yeah, I think mm, William Cooper no. looking fully fresh would be a, a, an upgrade style move right there. Yeah, it will be a big step. I have to tell you, it will be a big. All this beautiful. Yeah, bald is. It is a big step. My listen, my father's seventy four years old. He still keeps the the crown. The sides. The sides. Yeah. The, the Larry Fine hairdo. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. A little more refined, a little more refined than Larry Fine, but uh, <laughs> oh, everybody's a little more refined. Than Larry yeah, Fine. That is true, <laughs> Raphael. So, look, you have to be elated with so you know, Trinidad. I, I remember when Altus USA had, had, had acquired the Trinidad name, and they, it was it wasn't inexpensive, spent a lot of money to acquire the name. Right. And as somebody who's been in retail a long time. I saw over many years the brand struggle to find its identity in multiple iterations and multiple variations yes. to really find it, the identity that, that that took hold with the consumer market. You know, I, I think there was off the top of my head one, two, three. There were three to four iterations. I think I know there was the the weird techno box, and you had the yeah. ones that, yes. then you had the ones that came in the small, small boxes, which is, I really like that one. I yeah. forgot what iteration that was called, but it came in like these little square 25-count boxes, and then you had the first ones that, that came out, which I was the least fan of, and there might have been one in there that I forgot, but I, I know there was at least three iterations of, of this legendary and iconic brand, yeah. and then Espiritu came out, and it took hold. And it resonated, and people were smoking it, and they were enjoying it. I remember we put in our Cigar of the Month Club, and everybody was raving about it. And, you know, it, it's funny because when you hit that mark, finally, right? I mean, we tried to build this brand, find something to work with. Hey, you hit that mark, you're almost afraid to mess with it. But no, you guys come out with Espiritu number two, which, once again, resonated immensely. And here we are with the third iteration Spiritu number three. I'm loving this box press cigar. And um, we're having a hard time keeping it on the shelves. Yeah, it's listen. Um, what happens when you have Monte Cristo in the portfolio? You have Romeo and Juliet. You have H. Shortman. And then Trinidad. Trinidad, I think, was a brand, as you mentioned, that it, uh, it, it didn't have an identity in, in Alta this USA. And, and many things were tried. And, uh, and you know, one thing that doesn't have to do with the quality of cigar because uh, some of these cigars were amazing, but the problem is the whole concept. And one thing that I learned is that it's important to have the whole concept, not just a good cigar. Uh, and and that that's what happened. But then uh, the, the good thing about the Trinidad releases uh, on the Spiritu side was that, hey, 
we were, we were, um, uh, you know, you cannot mess up. Uh, you cannot mess up. You have to be careful when you do a Monte Cristo because there's so there's an identity or Romeo and Ashore. But with the Trinidad, we had a blank, blank um, uh, canvas, and, and that was part of the idea. Okay, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna do it, and and, and then to make things more difficult, we said from the beginning it's gonna be a three-part series. And that, my friend, is scary uh, wow. for an amigo that is working on the blend because, you know, if one doesn't work, then you have to do, you know, another two. Uh, when, uh, you know, many, many of the brands that release a cigar, if it doesn't work, that's it, it disappears. Uh, but this we, we said from the beginning and we were very, uh, 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 we were very confident of the type of product and cigars that we had. And basically what we did, it was a journey throughout the different cigar regions now i wish that we have not said three by the way <laughs> we're not saying three we're actually uh, working on the on a in a in a limited edition that is going to be great but i uh, just said this is the third iteration i, yeah. I, I <laughs> this is the third iteration no we said from the beginning it was right. going to be uh you know a, a series of three three uh three cigars and uh and and i thought at the beginning oh my god three cigars i can't believe it and now I say, oh, man, I wish you had just left it open. But again, there's some limited series and God knows we, we're going to be working on this. And the idea, the first one was the spirit of the Caribbean. You know, good morning, Jim. How are you, my friend? The spirit of the Caribbean. This cigar has uh, some tobaccos and the flavors. And we wanted to give uh, all, uh, tobacco uh, flavors of what the Caribbean mean in Puerto Rico, Dominican, the coast of Nicaragua, that, that little... Uh, that little flavors then we came with the number two and then we went to brazil and brazil not only we use a, a an arapiraca uh wrapper but we use brazil uh, habano or habano seed grown in brasilia in the bahia area and then we you know we went to mexico and uh, you know if you're gonna have fun traveling mexico is a great time um, and this is the, the Mexican one, and this is the third generation. And this one, we wanted to do something uh, different. We wanted to do the box press uh, edition. Um, so when you do a series like that, guys, the, the, you know, I know for us that we do a lot of releases on new blends, the most difficult thing is you want to make sure they're not all the same. Uh, sure. There's something that unites yeah. them all but they're not the same. And that is becoming very difficult. Uh, and that's what I, I love the challenge. That's why, you know, I participated in your, in your monthly, uh, because I, you know, it's a, it's a great time, a great opportunity for me to, to work on different blends and things like that. Some that will never see the, the, the light of day because some are really bad, by the way. <laughs> so, you know, it's not all good. Some are really, I will say that most are bad and then we only put the good ones. But when in the period of creating, right, that's just like when we're composing, uh, composing music, you know, you just compose. Uh, there's some good, there's some bad. Um, uh, none are bad because they're all unique, but some people will not like it. And that's a, uh, that's what we done with Trinidad, and we're so happy of the of, of you guys have helped us to take the word out, and the people have been a fantastic uh, reception of the of the Trinidad Spirit to series. So that, that's got to be a lot of pressure, right? So we know we're coming out, we're coming out with a series of three. So without question, the first one's got to hit because otherwise right, right. we got real problems coming in, you know, with two and three because we know we're doing three. That is the key. Uh, uh, <clears throat> 
that is the key. Um, you know, we've done it with um, some other projects as well. Um, the first one, it has to be a strong because people will not, you know, continue right. supporting that. And that's sure. great. We do the best one we can. But then now it has to be as good, at least, right. for the first one. So that's, right. a, oh, my God, we didn't have that pressure for a couple of years. And this is a, a project that we have taken sometimes. This is the first one came out about uh, 17 uh, or a beginning of 18. Or we, I started working on 17, so may have come on 18. Uh, so from 18 to the year 19 or oh, 2023, it's a big it's a big span for all three sizes because we wanted to have the right tobacco. When I wanted, I knew that we wanted to do Brazil. Uh, Aya and I talk and we. And we got some of the tobacco from Brazil. We start checking and aging, and the same thing with Mexico. So it's it's not an easy thing. I say, hey, let's release next. Uh, we wanted to build, and this is a you know over a couple of million dollar brand now. So something that we are very wow. very excited. You know, I've heard it from from many manufacturers or many people who've worked with AJ. Um, one of the things that he's most commonly known, and I don't know, it's the process. I don't know. It's, of the tobacco, the curing of the tobacco, whatever it is, but he's basically is known to be like the master of the box press cigar. Box press. He's yep. he's yeah. known to make phenomenal box press cigar. Now I don't know if it's the size because I, I I like box press. I'm, I'm I gravitate to box press cigars naturally, um, but this is without a doubt my favorite of the three iterations. I yeah, like, no, I like this one a lot. Yeah. It's not off only great. that, not only that, but it 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 doubly piques your interest because you say, "Oh, new Trinidad, they're coming out with a third one, Mexican." Oh, and this one's box pressed, so it it, it actually doubly piques the interest of the cigar. I just look. I think cigars are a little bit like food. You know, I've been on my whole like food Gordon Ramsay, Master Chef, Hell's Kitchen, like die deep dive these last few months. People taste with their eyes first. You know, I think when I'm walking through a humidor, I navigate to a beautiful box press cigar. It just seems to stand out in a humidor. If I'm looking at a row of cigars, a beautiful box press cigar stands out. I like the feel of it in my mouth. I like that it won't roll on the edge of an ashtray. Um, and it's just my personal preference. I mean, I, there are people who will argue, and Raphael, maybe you could chime in on this. You've been in the manufacturing side for a long time, that a box press cigar will affect the flavor profile. I don't know if I'm, you know, savvy enough to catch that difference. I just like the aesthetics mostly of a box press cigar. No, no, there is a difference. As and, and we had a very good conversation actually with a group that we were in Nicaragua last week about the reasons why. And I obviously have my opinion. And you know, no, none of this is scientifically proven. Right. This is my 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 opinion. First of all, when you use a box press, the the wrapper. Okay, get more elastic, get more precise press. So yeah. now immediately, I believe that the look of the wrapper, you get a very beautiful wrapper, you box press, and it's, it's like getting something and stretch it, it's even more beautiful. If it's a beautiful wrapper, it's a bad wrapper, it might get a little bit better, but it's still bad. Sure. Um, you know, so eyes are important, as you guys seen, my food or how I prepare my food. I think presentation for me is a very important, which I learned in the cigar as well, in the music as well. But then there's, uh, uh, my opinion, why is a change? First of all, the blend has to be made specifically for a box press. 
you get a regular cigar, you box press, it's not, it, it doesn't work. First of all, we normally put 10 to 12% less tobacco inside. So the blend has to be uh, developed specifically for this. And it has to be 10 to 12% because depending on the type of tobacco that you put inside, how dense it is, it gets, it gets uh, pressed. So obviously if it's full and it's strong and you put it like that, you just break and or you're not gonna be able to, uh, uh, to a smoke but in addition my personal opinion when you have a round cigar we press a round cigar like this right so it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a mold that we put the cigar after it's bunched and it's pressed like this but it's like this so the press goes like this on the sizes and you still have the 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 although there's press the 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 middle of the tobacco is it's not as as pressed however when you do that, because all box press cigars are made round first, and then it's box press. So now you have an addition. After you've done that, you have an addition press here and press here. So my opinion is that in when you're smoking the cigar, instead of the of the air blows like this, which is more cylindrical and directly uh, more flat like that, um, you when you box press the the air goes like this and down because you know it's it's every cigar is pressed different so now you can get notes from different tobaccos that are more a front or the bottom on the sides on the other side like this the, the that's how it goes like this and the flavor notes are a little bit different um depending on the tobacco that you put in the blend so that i believe is what adds a next level of cigar plus by the way if you are a purist most people say, no, 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 if you're a purist, a cigar is round. But Cuba, most of the cigars were box pressed right from the beginning because they were pressed uh, in the box. They, they, they were yeah. aged in the box. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I'll, my I'll opinion. Say this. I'll say this as well. The 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 dark color of this cigar is not an indicator of the strength. This is not an overly powerful medium. cigar. It's not a medium, yeah. Yeah, it's about an. I mean, it's 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 perfect for right now. I remember one time we had you on the show and we were talking about the uh, H. Upman Heritage, and that is not a 10 a.m. cigar for me. I mean, that yeah. was high powered. I was like on planet Mars on that show because that was right. high powered. Yeah. Um, this is this is a good medium. Like I said, the the dark color is not an indicator of the strength. Absolutely, absolutely. If you notice, we're not putting. Uh, the word Maduro to many of the cigars, so actually almost not. Right? Heritage is a good example. We wanted to do the Maduro version of the Eshorman um, uh, by A.J. Fernandez, and that's why we came out with Heritage. But uh, we didn't call Maduro. What happened is when you have people that smoke Maduro have certain uh, um, ideas of what the Maduro right, should be, right? right? Um, and what we are doing here in this one is explore flavors but not necessary strength. And we do, because whenever we talk to someone that is starting new, I work on retail, uh, as you guys do, and, um, and you know, someone who was starting new, uh, our our thumb, uh, uh, low thumb will say, listen, you start, it's a lighter wrapper, it's a lighter cigar, right? That that was the- Right, that's the common- years ago, that was what we sure. told. Again, it doesn't happen all of them, but that's what we told the people, so they could do it. A darker cigar will usually mean stronger cigar um but that's not necessarily true as we know because it all depends on what you put inside and the different the different uh position of the leaves uh, especially for the rapid so uh this is uh we wanted to get that flavor because this type of leaf it, it has such a, a a sweetness to it yes and um 
And we wanted to enhance that with flavorful uh, leaves, but not necessarily take away from that. There is only always a challenge to make these type of things. Uh, um, it is difficult, but um, we tried and, you know, we did so many, so many different uh, uh, versions of this. But by the way, uh, something that we didn't advertise because it just fell through uh, when we did it. Not only we use a, a, a San Andres wrapper, but inside we use a Cuban seed grown in uh, in San Andres as well, the valley as well. So it's an Habano, an Habano seed as well. We mix with the Nicaraguan Habano. But um, which we did the same thing on the number two in the Brazilian, not only the wrapper, but some tobacco inside. So we have been, you know, I love this process of creating for me. It's like music. You get this note, you get this note, and pam, pam, pam. And it's a, it's a, listen, I get paid, I get paid to play. It's just an amazing thing. That's all, you know, that's all it is. That's all it is. But by the way, I am interested in listening to uh, Will because it's the first time he's had this cigar and he was right, holding it right. uh, to perhaps do a show, which we have done in so many other, like the 1935, the Diamante and some others, uh, which is always a scary to hear the first thing, uh, you know, uh, by everybody. But this is only his first one. So, uh, Will, how you, so far in terms of flavors? It's really good, Raphael. I'm not going to use the word interesting because it's beyond interesting. Right? It's uh, no, it's it's really good. I'm getting that chocolate bar sweetness off this thing. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It's not like an artificial chocolate bar. It's very natural. I'm picking up some of the fillers for sure in this, and I know the wrapper's playing a key role. But sometimes Mexican San Andreas could be a little pungent for me, and I'm not getting that at all with this. It's very well balanced. Um. It is. It is. I think it's very well balanced. But I also yeah. wanted to point out on the on the San Andres one because it's from the Duran and we work with the Duran um, family in many many different projects. This particular wrapper has been extremely well fermented. You you and, can tell. You know, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, a review somewhere that I saw on on the news though that they said that you know it was not burning. Uh, very even, and I have never seen. I have smoked a lot of these cigars. I have never seen an, uh, a burning that is not extremely good on this yeah. cigar uh, because of that fermentation and the different blend. Uh, you know, obviously, one cigar can uh, still we got a very good rating, but it, it mentioned that. However, the 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 burning on this, the fermentation. You know, people call this type of fermentation maybe triple fermented, longer, from whatever that that means. But it's a strong leaf. We started with a very strong leaf from the a higher primer, and then it took a lot of fermentation. And I believe we had this in in pilones uh, for over over a year and a half uh, in in pilones. So it's, it's just a, yeah. it's a long time from coming up with idea to development. Yeah, if you know, like if I go with the pizza guy who says one one bite, right, one puff, like right out of the gate, I, I agree with Abe. This is the best of the three. I mean, I it just is coming out like gangbusters with flavor. It's great to hear from you guys that because, you know, very, very, I am the most, uh, 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 the most difficult one, uh, AJ can tell you that, to work with on the blending because I am I'm, I'm very insecure. And I don't finalize this until the first day of production. And AJ will say, we have to go, we have to go. <laughs> I keep changing this. I'm not sure about this. What if we do shit? And this and this and that. And if, obviously, when you have a one and two, you need to do it based on that. And it's, it, especially that the number two was also darker from Brazil, now Mexico. So we wanted, we wanted to uh, change it a little bit, uh, the flavor profile. And if you have, like us, the opportunity to have all three together, 
big difference. Big difference. Again, that's called, that's called being a perfectionist, Raphael. Yeah, yeah. I, well, a perfectionist. You you can call it. Yeah, I. You know, that's uh, that sounds better. That sounds better. But uh, I am. Um, it happened on the Sonata we released that year. It happened on the on the on the uh, Diamante that we worked for so long, and and uh, we have some projects coming up this year uh, because it's a very important year for for Echo, Mar Romeo and Juliet, and and Monte Cristo, and we have. Um, I'm a room and we have worked on this project for years, for years. And uh, it's, it's, it's not normal that, would, you know, it takes so long, uh, especially when we have so many releases. It's easier when you have a small company, you have a couple of releases and it takes for, you know, forever. But it's an interesting thing. Eh? Yeah, there's a so, big anniversary coming up. Yeah. You know, Romeo 150, right? Yeah. Uh, H. Upman 180. Yeah. And Monty 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, the good thing of having these amazing brands, yeah. iconic brands, is that they're always an anniversary. So <laughs> many times they're all together, which is making it a little bit more difficult. Uh, but it's a challenge and one that we take with stride. Yeah. We, we just try it, you know. So, uh, you might have you wanted to wait, Eli. <laughs> um, we have a little KMA treat for everybody here. Um, anybody who hasn't tried the cigar or if you tried it and you know you love it, uh, we have a very special code for all our KMA fans this weekend only, today and tomorrow. Uh, use this code. Is the code? The code's not on there. I know the code's not on there, but you thought you were going to say the code. I, I didn't remember it, bro. I usually have a, a banner at the bottom or whatever. I didn't. I, you, you yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, it's on the paper. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You know, we make these outlines, and then I start with the show. KMA special. <laughs> Use code Trinidad15. Trinidad15. Get 15% off. Um, Espiritu number three. This weekend only for all our KMA fans. Why don't you type it in the comments, at least so they know. The code is Trinidad. There you go. Trinidad15 for 15% off. Espiritu number three. So um, that's a little bonus from us to you. I, I gotta point something out really quick. I, I saw earlier, Alex. Do the zoo, Cooper zoom in. You know where he's the only guy on the screen now, now. Is it me or is he looking very Italian today? He's got the gold chain. The button is down. The chest hair is. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait, oh, yeah. Ferrari. You I got Ferrari on there. Hey, you know very, my mom's Italian, yeah. He's looking. He's got the Italian thing going with the chest I, hair popping out, the collar down. I didn't even realize. Oh yeah, I, I, like we used to do like oh, Cooper. That's a look for him. You I'm know? Italian, you know. He's he's, he's, he's it, William. Love it, love it, love he's it. William Cupertino for the rest yeah, of the show. Uh, yeah, today. I like. Yeah, I gotta I gotta show Italy. You know. By the way, guys, I I want to point out since he's a box press line. One of the challenges on this was a fundador, which is a, a lancero. Oh, yeah. Um, and, very uh, few out there. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, very few, more and more, very few regular lancero. But this That's was a box. It's box war, yeah. yeah. And the box press. I, I fell in love with uh, Alma Alma del Fuego from uh, Placencia, who has uh, this uh, beautiful box press and uh, oh, yes. uh, lancero. And by the way, it's, you know, 
making a zero, as you guys know, is, is, is very difficult. So we have to do the blend specifically for that. But then put 10% less tobacco in something that is already very small right. to make sure that with box press and it's, uh, it tastes well uh, or try to maintain some similarity. It's never the same. Hopefully, uh, we do a good job and most people don't notice it. But uh, it's never the same blend from one size, uh, one vitola to the other. We sure. adjust it, you know. Uh, I, I started working in the blends for, uh, I started a long time ago when I started with a 50 by six. I now, then I went to 52 by six. I now do all the blending on 54 by six. So adjusting that blend from 54 to, uh, to a 42 box press is, uh, is, yeah. uh, it's a difficult one. So th that's interesting. That's where you start. You start at a six by 50. Is that I your starting point? 20 years ago when I started, was this, the, the starting point was 50 by 5. But if you remember, 20 years ago, right. 50 by 6, uh, 50 ring size was like a big ring size, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? But it had changed. I tried to do it with more, uh, with bigger one. 56, 50, it doesn't work the same. For me, not everybody works the same. For me, 54 is the amazing size. I do it, by the way, in every single cigar that we put out or i try to because of you know sometimes there are limitations because we used to we use fda uh, sizes from before and what have you but uh 54 for me is the best one to do the blending not for everybody eh? and it's a good size the box press too i find oh, oh yes. yeah it's like you know this is it's not feeling like a 54 it's gonna feel you know obviously a little smaller it, it, you know i also love the 60 by the way by box yeah. press However, it's a little bit more difficult to blend because then you go down too much to all the different ones. So 54, I can go up to 60, 55, 56, 60, and then and to 50 and, and you know, 48 and 42. Um, but um, so I think it's more or less on the middle. Um, and the amount of um, the amount of leaves, most of the time it's about six leaves. The amount of leaves that you have is easier to say 25% of these. 50 of these or 33 of these, 33. It's just a mathematically, it's, uh, it's who would have known there's math involved in cigar. No one told me that, but uh, <laughs> there is definitely a math. And you guys know, I love math. I started with any room M356, uh, F55 and all those things. I love those numbers, but this is a, also a mathematical thing in addition to the art and the flavors. And the, there's some, some math involved as well. You know, you said something a while back and you know we, we haven't been short for conversation in this show so far i i, I think i want to touch base on it because we hear this phrase a lot and a lot of our listeners may not really understand what exactly this means but when you say cuban seed grown in mexico what does that exactly translate to as far as the seed and why it's cuban seed so first of all it's cuban seed so it's like me I'm Cuban seed. I was born in Cuba, right? That's right. Great, great. I came to the United States. Um, I had a sister that stayed in Cuba longer. I bought a, a sister that came with me, younger sister that came with me at the same time. We have a different uh, look up, look on life because it's affected by the conditions, right? That we live on, uh, so the food, the thing, with you know all of those things. Uh, the same thing happens with the with the tobacco. Uh, and you notice it more because they took the seeds. So as you know, when they grow the tobacco and you got the flower and this produces the seed. The, a lot of the people from the 60s uh, that came here, uh, you know, they had nothing. They left the country with nothing. So 
having those seats was like wow and it's the good thing is it travels very well uh because you you have a small box with thousands oh, a lot of seats right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, millions of those seats so they brought it and then some people went to dominican they started growing that we have uh, the piloto uh in in dominican um and then that seat the seat got used to the the conditions the soil the the valley the temperature changes the sun the rain season the dry reason it's a it's a little bit different so every year those uh, seats that continue to progress uh just uh are used to more and more to those conditions right they evolve they adapt evolve. They go, like us evolve you know i i have a bad accent in in english uh and you know if you were here if you got here someone like uh, got here many more years before the me there will be a perfect english you know it's great analogy absolutely yeah. and then think about the same thing to nicaragua which is you know the other big or honduras those other people brought seeds from that time they continue to develop and they continue to adapt to those so the soil in, for example, take Nicaragua, which we work with a lot of Nicaraguan tobacco. You have the area of Esteli, very strong uh, uh, soil, a very dark, uh, uh, very rich and flavorful and strong flavors. And then you got Condega, only 20 to 30 minutes, uh, 40 minutes from Esteli. And it's different. It's more sweet. It's, it's less strong. Uh, and, this, and not to mention Jalapa and some of the others. But, um, and that's in the same region. And that is only a few minutes. Right. Yeah. 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 So can you imagine taking it to Nicaragua? Uh, sorry, to Mexico. And then in the San Andres Valley. By the way, our company was the first one. And uh, and I believe uh, they're the our company was responsible for naming San Andres Tobacco just because it came from the Valley of San Andres, just to, to mention with the Te Amo, with the Te Amo one. And by the way, that same brand was the first one that introduced Toro size. Toro, it comes from uh, Te Amo. It's an interesting thing because yeah. you got the bull, and that's Toro in Spanish. Uh, so it's very good, many good things uh, this company have created, have been at the forefront for many, many years. Although sometimes it's, you know, it's not uh, thought of that way. So in Mexico, it is a little bit different because that soil is different. The the water or the 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 winds that you get from the Gulf of Mexico is a very different than the Caribbean Sea. But now it's another thing. So those seeds from 1962 were different. They are climate uh, to the to the area. Now think about seeds that were brought from more recently. Now they're different because it's like a young Cuban that just came from Cuba now uh, with a very difficult version of life and 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 uh, and experiences. And that mix of those tobaccos from old seeds to new seed with a new thing, it just make an unbelievable uh amount of flavor uh to choose from and it's it's great to be able to blend with that and so many variations that that the growers also do uh with the hybrid of different seeds so um right now they're broad leaf with habano you know that you know is, is grown in uh in here in pennsylvania and connecticut it's also grown in other parts uh it's just a different a different thing it's amazing you know so basically, the Cuban seed, or I know we're getting a little agriculture on it, but it's very interesting. We're getting a little agricultural, but the Cuban seed basically is born in the region, Cuba. So those seeds are from the plant that have lived in the soil, grew in that soil, in that climate, in that area. And then you take that seed, they plant somewhere else. Can a seed be planted anywhere else, or 
because that seed is used to the climate I'm, I'm assuming it was grown in or do you have situations where when you do take seeds and you you know transplant them to another region another country does it sometimes not work at all because it just won't work in that climate because i i've known i know I, I mean i don't know offhand but i've heard throughout my career that mexico the climate and the region really lends itself to wrapper tobacco yeah very hard for filler tobaccos and you know i've heard that from multiple people so do do, do stuff this do seeds have something like that where sometimes they just won't flourish in a certain climate oh absolutely and especially they're not tobacco climate no and by the way this acclimation of the seed has to be done little by little so it's not you don't plant the seed and you, oh, you know you plant all these acres of no 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 you start in little areas you want that that uh, uh to get uh climate to that little area and then the seeds of that they're used the following year so it takes a process of so good. years yeah, I was gonna say it could be a third, fourth, or fifth generation before maybe the seeds are actually ready to grow crop to use. Oh, I I know of particular uh, variations that have taken seven to eight years. Eh, by the Oof. way, uh, so it's this is not uh, something that is is done overnight. And, and then the hybrid is even more interesting because you get a seed from Cuba that is new, a Cuban seed, and you take it and you mix it with a seed that is acclimated to that area. And then you get that and you have, uh, you know, it takes that process takes eight or nine years to get that hybrid seed. So these tobaccos that you are tasting, uh, some of the projects that we have done, we started the, that process from the beginning. So it's taking 10, 10, 15 years to, to completely develop. It's, it takes, I'll tell you, I never seen uh, people as, uh, as, uh, 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 optimistic and uh, as, as the cigar makers, tobacco growers, because it takes a long time to develop something that you think in 15 years it might pay off. It's just uh, right. you have to be such a, an optimistic guy and say, yeah, we can do it. Uh, because then that seed, by the way, is different because you have winds, you got different illnesses that you didn't have. Uh, frankly, what happened uh, worldwide, the seeds in 1980, the tobacco was affected by the blue mold. And then there was a huge development of new seed. That's where you got the Criollo 98, more resistant to that. You got one of 2000, which it didn't adjust to everybody. And then from there on, you have an amazing variation of, uh, of those, mostly right now, Criollo 98, different uh, ones. And uh, we just, I just tasted uh, last week, a one that is a Criollo 98 um, hybrid with a broad leaf. And it wow. has, it's just beautiful because it has a broad leaf look and feel. It's baked like this and it has a flavor of Habano. It's, it's, it's amazing. Wow. So now you have a huge, huge one that is that. And by the way, this this uh, Nestor started, Nestor Placencia started working on that. I remember first time I visited that project with uh, Nestor Perez Cadillo Honduras was about uh, five years ago. And now is when he's uh, he's growing enough to uh, to t uh, to be commercially viable. <laughs> it takes a long time. Wow, very interesting, very interesting. You know, I, I, I you know, my grandfather grew tobacco. Uh, my dad worked with my father. I, I, oh, I'm wow. not in, into agriculture at all, but I always find it fascinating. Splicing the hybrids. Um, when, when you're making a hybrid. Is there anything other than just planting them together 
in, in the same pod, or is there more to be done with that? Yeah, it's like uh, like humans. I put all that because it's you know, so we can understand. It's like uh, marriage, you know, male and female from different marriage. From different, uh, yeah. yeah, you get it. And the kids have some of the kids have uh, you know look more like a mom. Uh, some yeah. like the father. Some like n maybe the the neighbor. I don't know. Maybe some are completely different that you have no idea. Are these my kids? Trust me, I have four kids. I you know it, it goes. You know I know. Uh, so the thing is, it's completely uh, different. Um, so then sometimes you get some of the things on that flavors that you want the male. Uh, I didn't get enough for the female, so you do again more crossing and more crossing, and then you have to get them used. Uh, to that area and then one day you plant it in a dried area so it's uh, resistant or you get the seeds that are more resistant this is a national selection as it's best you get right. the grow and the plants that is beautiful that looks strong that looks uh, you get those seeds and you plant the next year in the in the in the wet area where there's a lot of water and that means that it, okay so you get the resistant one and then next the following there in a windy area and you get the resistant one so now you have and by the way, you go and taste the flavors in all of them because it might be resistant to all this illness. It might not taste anything like you like. Right. So it's, yeah. very, uh, it's a very uh, difficult process, but at the end, hopefully, you get a seed that is very flavorful, that has the combination of the father, the most, the best thing of the father, the, the best thing of the mother. You take away the bad things, um, and that's uh, and then it's resistant to the different illnesses around the nation because right now when you have a dried area or wet area yeah you have different illnesses uh some come from the tomato so you don't want a farm that is very close to the tomato because you're going to get that illnesses that normally attacks the tomato and things like that it's very very uh, difficult i my respect to the people that grow tobacco it's an amazing uh, nothing could be done nothing like this could be done if it didn't if it wasn't for those amazing people before. When you're when you're working on developing a hybrid or building a seed or creating this, like you said, it's a lot of process, right? And it's not you're you're not growing crops to use. You're growing Very crops small. to develop the seed. So I'm curious, how much area is allocated when you're in the development of tobacco? I mean, are you planting acres or just a small little like well, backyard uh, area? I mean, you, you need you need enough of a segment to find the ones that you know, built the resistance. How, how much area is dedicated just to this developmental agricultural process? Right. So everybody works a little bit different, but let's say um, uh, we work with manzana. So uh, it's, a, it's a different to change to acres. And I really don't know the version, but let's say like Google, look up Google, Google manzana conversion. Well, there are even difficult, different manzanas depending on the country. It's a different oh, size. So it's yeah. very they, they, yeah, just, they like, what, just like Latin America, make it complicated. Yeah, no, it's it's you know we all have. Well, listen, who are we talking about? We use the uh, we use the 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 miles, and every hour everybody else use kilometers. So you know we we you know we I, I know. talk and, and the pound and the kilos and the things you know. Latin it's, America is the only place where they take a word that means right now everywhere else, and they made it mean later. I mean, I it's mean later. Orita, Come on, it's confusing, bro. Ahora, it's confusing. It's very right? I had a story. I was arguing with the driver once telling Marita, Marita, and everybody told me, Are you telling him right now? I said, Yeah, bro, I'm telling him right now. And the guy never did it. I'm like, What are you doing? He's like, Dude, you told me to do it later. I'm like, Later. Absolutely. I took eight years of Spanish, bro. Are we telling me? Not in the DR, it doesn't. 
<laughs> but try to get that to the measurement unit. But anyway, so we take more or less like a whole block, you know, let's say like a New York block, right? Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's a that's a, a big area. That's already on the second part that you want in a little bit bigger uh, if things are work. By the way, then that's not only that, then you plant it in different, not only different, not only different regions, but different farms. And AJ has a, a system that it used to be uh, like in Cuba. In each farm, he has some uh, some varieties of the of those seeds that are specific to that farm that enhances the the flavors uh, based on the soil composition. So yeah, it is it is a it is a big fairly big block uh, is used because when you think about a big block when you take tobacco, um, it's not a lot. Well. Well, Rafael, I really, really, really want to thank you for joining us today. I know you got people there and things to do, but uh, this is a great conversation, honestly, and honestly, very educational for me. I kind of got into it a little bit with the agricultural and the hybrid, and um, kudos to finally getting this, you know, historic line. Like, you know, in my in my, in my mind, psychologically, as a retailer, you know, it's always been a tripod company. These these three legs of H. Upman, Monte Cristo, and Romeo. And finally, that fourth leg is down, and it looks like it's here to stay. This this is Spiritu Series okay. is doing amazing. Um, we're all smoking it. Epic cigar. Yeah. Um, this weekend only. If you didn't catch it earlier and you're just joining us, I see some people just joined us. Um, if you haven't tried the cigar, worth a try. If you're in our Cigar of the Month Club, you would have gotten it. But if you didn't, um, we have a special code today and tomorrow only for our fans of KMA Talk Radio, Trinidad15. Guys, I really appreciate uh, you, your listeners, uh, everybody that has helped us in our dream. Uh, one of the things that I am so grateful to uh, Javier Estades um, in, in our company, our president, is that allowed me to dream, right? And when you dream, that's all of the dream comes, uh, you know, uh, good or easy, but it's, it's a dream. And Trinidad has been one of those dreams that have let me go. Um, and we continue to spend. But at the end of the day, all this talk about the seeds, all this talk about the, the processes, what it is for the consumer is that you know that we, when we put a cigar in your hand, we work a tremendous amount of time to make sure you get the best possible cigar and a lot, a lot of love, passion, discipline. Everything has gone into making, making a cigar. We only talk, well, in my case, I talk about food all the time and music, but I'm traveling, but... Uh, we love what we do and 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 we just try so uh thank you for the support guys i really appreciate it thank you to your consumers and and uh keep it here in uh kiss my ass talk radio <laughs> thank you rafa deeply appreciated please enjoy the rest of your weekend everybody we'll be back real quick with our number two a lot of fun packs up ahead and uh we got a few words from our dear friend rafael no doubt keep it lit <laughs> My name is Rafael Nodal from Aging Room and Tabacalera USA. Since I was a little kid, I fell in love with a musical form called Sonata. There are many famous sonatas from fantastic composers and musicians like Beethoven, Liszt, Rasmaninov, Mozart. And I wanted to have my own sonata. So I dedicated my sonata to Nicaragua. But I didn't write my sonata with musical terms. I composed my sonata with tobacco leaves. I team up with my great friend, 
and Tobacco Master, AJ Fernandez. And together, together we created these blends. This cigar has subtle notes. It's not aggressive. It has some great flavor, some character, and amazing aroma. So I dedicated my Sonata to Nicaragua, the land of volcanoes and lakes. Cheers. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. I'm Steve Green with the Goat to tell you about Smokin's Cigar of the Month Club. Alex, tell our fans out there why our club is the best darn club out there. Absolutely. I'll tell you why. Because every month I personally handpick five premium cigars. No filler, no fluff, no fugazis. These are all premium handmade name brands that you can find in any brick and mortar store in your area. All delivered to your door for $34.95. And our average monthly retail value since the inception of our club has been almost $57. Another great feature about our Cigar of the Month Club, Alex, tell them about the ease of our Cigar of the Month Club. I'll tell you, I hate subscription services. It's always a pain to cancel them, turn, you know, turning them on. We've made it super simple. All you got to do is log into your account. There's a little green button there. If it's green, you're active. You want to take a break, going out of town, simply hit the button and you'll deactivate your membership. Want to turn it back on? The exact same easy process. You can turn it right back on. We've made it that easy for you. Another great feature is our Double Down Club. Alex, tell them about the Double Down Club. We had so many of our members reach out to us, really enjoyed our selections every month. They wanted to know there was a way they can get two. And we've made that very simple. With a simple check mark, you can get double this great selections every month and save $10. Does our club have perks? Of course it have perks. You want to tell them about the perks? As a member of our club, every month there's a special discount code where if you like any of the selections, we will offer them to you so you want to come and get some more, you can get them at a special discounted rate for our Cigar of the Month Club members. And finally, expedited shipping. Tell them how fast we get the stuff out, Alex. We get the stuff out on the 28th of every month. Our membership bills on the 28th, and we get every member's package out on the 28th if it's a shipping day. Five great reasons on what makes Smoking Cigar of the Month Club the best club out there. Check it out. Peace. Hey, I, uh, I really appreciate you doing the video with me. Thanks. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I mean, you didn't let me get a word in, but whatever. What? Uh, that went great. It. It's perfect.
phenomenal. 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 <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Hour two of KMA Talk Radio, episode number five, 28. As always, I'm here with the awesome KMA crew, Alex, the goat, Tavella, and William, the scoop. Cooper, I, I had to chime in that phenomenal snippet. It just didn't feel right going to the break without. Right, right. I feel like, like uh, Juan owes us royalties. I, he, I agree uh, on that one. He gets a lot of free play on KMA. Yeah. Pretty sure he probably owes us cigars too. Yeah, tune in once in a while, Juan, if you're listening. <laughs> I know it's I know uh, it's I know it's early for you, but uh, so I feel like it's a little early for Juan on a yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a what a great uh, uh, you know episode the first part was. Wow, it? you know he he's just he not only is. yeah he's not only just like I said he's great on the cigar side. There's no he, as far as an ambassador for our industry goes. Yes. He's, he's, he's got to be right at the top. I mean, yeah. he's so positive on this industry and does so much to promote it, not just on social media, but in person. It's it's amazing. I tell you what, one of the best things in our industry that came out of the pandemic was guys like Raphael who really yeah. shined and flourished and found a voice. And I, I think that's really when he really kind of embraced – you know, being out there publicly and connecting with consumers and talking about his knowledge yep. and stuff. And um, it, it's been great for everybody. I mean, the whole industry as a whole. So good stuff. I, I know I was getting on tangents, but, you know, I, I don't get into the chemistry and the biology when it starts getting and, you, you know, you're building the seed DNA, but just just on a logistical level of how those things are done, it's, I find yeah. it really, really interesting. Yeah. Raphael has a way to explain it in very simple and understanding then terms. It, right? Well. How you good know, were those really analogies? A second, a, a second grade analogy, I call it, which right. is what I want. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what president was really good at doing that? Like, you know, they wrote speeches really that was able to connect with people on a level that you get was, um, I read about it somewhere, was uh, John JFK. Yeah. Like, no doubt. JFK was really a, a, a master. Yep. Of talking to people and, and crowds and probably why he was so popular. Uh, well, it's that time. And we're going to test the musical acumen of uh, William and myself and our fans who are listening. Uh, brought to you by the fine folks over at Avo Cigars. We're going to right now try to find out if you could name that jam. <laughs> So here's what I will tell you. If you pay attention to our commercials and if you know anything about our good friend Raphael, who was just on with us, it ties in. You guys ready? All right, let's hear it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm not sure I can remember who sings it, but I got the song. It's a tough one. Who sings it is a tough one. I got yeah. the singer too. I got you, the singer. You would. Of you course. Would. This is an 
Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Guesses, yeah. are, guesses are coming in. Yeah. Guesses are coming in. Jimmy Boyle. I think the song is easier than the artist, definitely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, gentlemen. Yeah. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's yep. let them know. Falco, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't have, even after you tell me the name, I wouldn't have known that. So, I mean, this one was a little easier, but give me credit for the tie-in. Give me yeah. credit for the tie-in. Listen, it, I, it, it, I, tie-in, I, yeah. if you look, normally there's tons of guesses. There really wasn't a lot of guesses. I think this was harder for our fans than we right, thought. Right. You know, maybe it's a generational thing or whatnot. I mean, yeah. I, I got it right away, and I don't usually get them right away. It was right. a big yeah, one when it came one, out. Yeah, it must be. It was in movies too. It was in yeah, movies. one was hit wonder, movies. definitely. Yeah. yeah well, Falco one. was in Australia. I mean, maybe one hit wonder in the U.S., but they were. Like, I think they were. Weren't they an Australian band? Cool. Uh, Falco was an, uh, a single artist, from what I understand. Was he? Uh, was he from Australia? Uh, I thought he was out of Austria. Uh, Australia. Well, that would yeah. make sense. He Australia. died, and he died, and he died quite young. He died, I think, at like forty-one or something like that. Yeah, it was harder than we thought. Yeah, and oh, what yeah, was really it, interesting, yeah. this was a this was a German language song that hit number one in yes. the U.S. Yes, which is yeah. um like I said, it was a big deal at the time because I like this was like my senior in high school. This song came up, came out, and it was just you know it was a blockbuster. It was just played all over the radio. But you know it is kind of a generational thing. It's almost forty years ago now. Did they use this song in the movie Amadeus? Mm, that's a good question. I I I, yeah, I, I, I almost. I'm gonna have to Google that real quick. Yeah, I got it. I'm on it. I'm on yeah, it. Yeah, he's on it. He's on it. Well, this segment was brought to you by the fine folks over at Avo Cigars, continually making music with tobacco for decades. So there you have it. Yeah. Some of us did date ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> He died in the Dominican Republic in a, car, in a car accident. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he had severe injuries. Yeah, it was right out uh, near Puerto Plata. I didn't know that. I just looked that up. Oh, I used to like going to Puerto Plata. There's a, um, there's a little town called Cabarete, uh, not yep. too far from Puerto Plata. It's the north Plata. part, the north part yeah, of the uh, island, yeah. Number one windsurfing capital of the world. Um, and there's this... Spanish Irish pub, Jose O'Shea's. And holy cow, they made right? Jose O'Shea's. What a Jose great O'Shea. name. Probably the best conch fritters I ever had. Delicious. We actually, the day we were leaving, we made a quick stop just to have them for like early lunch before we hit the airport leaving. Good stuff. Actually came out a year after the movie. Was inspired by the movie. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Okay, good job. But I guess a year after you it, it, it ties you. You know, well, you know what it is? Right the movie. I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is because I'm going to tell you what I remember and why I connected it to the movie. I'll bet my right testicle, which is my more, which was my more important one, that scenes from the movie were in are the in the movie. video. You're right. Correct. You're right. That's You're what right. it was. Yes. I remember seeing Amadeus in a yellow outfit. With yeah. Yeah. I yeah. scenes from the movie were definitely in the video for the song. Yes. Google Mark is thy friend. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I keep trying to remind my kids they don't know how easy they have it. I keep trying to remind the cigar like, industry that like, you know, when we didn't know shit growing up, we just didn't know shit. 
<laughs> you know? I mean, literally, if you heard a song on the radio that you liked but didn't know what it was called, you had to ask, like, 50 of your friends. Do you know what this song is? Do you know what this song is? Because he just had no way of yeah. finding it. There was no Shazam. There was no Google. Yeah. I mean, well, you go in the record store and you'd ask the person. Right. Like, and hey, you try to describe like, it, which was like, 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 yeah. like this. And then I'd have to try to re sing the song in my yeah, you know, exactly. that voice. And the guy would be looking at me like, right. yeah, yeah. I, I never. <laughs> yeah. He's played on the radio every minute. Yeah. I've never heard that song. Yeah. So they just, my kids don't realize how amazing life is for them right now. The, the knowledge is just so readily available that we didn't have growing up. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little younger than you guys, but even I remember like having to be ready on the radio to hit the record with your tape player to, to, to get a song. To get yeah. A yeah. You make a mixtape. Remember that shit? <laughs> yep. Hit, yeah. Hit record. Yep. Oh yeah. Mixtapes were cool. Mm-hmm. Damn young folks. Got it easy. Right. You ever see the movie Boogie Nights, the Alfred Molina scene where he's playing his mixtape and he's so proud of the mixtape <laughs> yeah, exactly. he made? Yeah. It's, and that was how it was back then. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's really insane. I mean, and, and, and he's right. Can you imagine fast forwarding, man? Like, to get to a next song, you had to fast forward. Or you got really good. And if, you know, you knew from side A where it was, what song it was on side B. So you just flip it over because you knew it was. Yeah. Right around where you like right, right. <laughs> song on side B on the cassette tape. I mean, yeah, nuts, just nuts. You know, then they, yeah, yeah. go ahead, Alex. No, go ahead, Coop. I'll just say, then they came up with some technology where it was able to figure out where there was no sound and it would go automatically to that. Then, then they got smart right. with it. But you right, still right, had right. to hit fast forward. You still had to hit fast forward. Yes, right. right. Yeah, right. you still had to hit fast forward. Yeah, Steve, record stores exist now as like novelty stores. It's almost, you know, there are people that's it's almost a collector's type store now. You yeah. Know, but it, you know, no, yeah. the 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 time when you had to go to the record store to buy, you know, the new the new record out, the new tape out it is over. Now they're more novelty stores for people that collect records or DJs that it's still, you know, digging the crates to find old beats and stuff to sample. Which going- I find very funny because my two oldest daughters are into vinyl. So they know where the record stores are around our area. Right. So yeah. where they want to right. get vinyl. Will you take me here? I, I, I get a new vinyl or I want. And their friends are in vinyl. They buy their friends' records. So, you know, I think unlike cassettes or eight track tapes, now I'm really dating myself. I think oh, vinyl is going to be one of those things that will never go away. It, it made a comeback, Remember, which is amazing. It's it made the a big beauty comeback. of the record, right? Because records are kind of beautiful. Yeah, but I use the records. I, I buy an album for collectible purposes. I don't play it because it will wear it. Right, right. So it's, it is I cool. It. I get it. So but like, why do you think that vinyl has endured when all other medias have just died and gone away? Because listen to me, I'll tell you what, you, you know, it was a lot easier and readily to have a tape player on hand than to continue keeping a, a vinyl record player. You know, I mean, why do you think? I think digital killed the CD is what happened. You know, the digital idea of killed the yeah, CD. Yeah, but why, yeah. why is vinyl endured? CDs have died. Uh, cassettes have died. Eight tracks have died. But vinyl, vinyl, was, vinyl was dying for a while, though, um, in well, the 90s. I'll tell you, I think, I think um, hip-hop DJ 
culture has gotcha. a lot to do with it. I think so. I think you're right. Because yeah. there are still DJs that want to literally go and they call it digging in the crates to find old samples, songs, and and so it kind of took hold. And now you know it's become a collector's piece. The, the but like table, the table spinners, right? That, right. For those that still want to yeah. use real real vinyl. But yeah. I remember as a kid, you know, when you're a young kid, right? You know, it was you know, like the amazing of blockbuster going to blockbuster and all that but you know as i became a teenager the new blockbuster kind of became like tower records for me you know to go into tower records and look at all the you know what came that was out always, what's old, all the tape you know yeah. and which is gone i don't even think tower records exist anymore they, they kind of made a they get kind of back a little but not that not i think they're more online but that was a big deal alex we would go i lived in staten island as a teenager and we would take the ferry into manhattan to go to Tower Records and JR Music World. They were the two like epic record stores to go in. And they tended right. to get music before anyone else, those stores. Sure. Because, yeah. Sure. So it was a it was like a pilgrimage. We'd go in there. And I remember when CDs first came out, you sometimes had to wait a month before it came out on CD. Like the album, the cassette would come out first, and the CD wouldn't follow for about a month or two right. after that. Right. Yeah. And then you remember the 45s that didn't fit well anywhere and they just didn't stand. You got right. the little adapter. <laughs> yeah, the adapter. Yeah. You got the adapter, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're and so and then there was 78. There was actually a format called 78, which was a. Craig, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably just about everybody owes Columbia House money. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I think I built my collection purposely. Order you, go, those you go to TV Guide, right? And they have the insert in TV Guide, like 12 right. albums for a penny or something like that. Right. And we right. all filled right. it in. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder. Oh, that, that shows your age. It got up to $1.99 when Richard. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was literally 10, 12 for a penny. Yeah. I, I, I have to wonder was anyone, did anyone never order that? You know, I remember taping I mean, the penny. I remember taping the penny into the their attrition one. rate had to be terrible because me and every one of my friends that I know. Well, first off, they had to know they were selling to minors most of the time. Right. But me sure. and every one of my friends got stuck with never paying or ordering or whatever. And, you know, I mean, what I don't think anybody ever got, you know, hurt by owing Columbia Records money. But what a what a business model that was. But you know, it's it's interesting if you think about like Netflix started the same way, right? Oh god, Netflix. I loved Netflix when it first came out. I I mean look, I was so addicted when to you it would I, actually get the physical DVD sent to you. Yeah, we get them in the envelope. Right. But but look them. how Netflix made the transition and Columbia House really didn't. You know, no, nobody. There's no Columbia House streaming, as far as I know. You know, no. it's Spotify, it's Apple Music, no. it's Pandora. Um, I think Columbia House kind of died before that streaming services and whatever really started to take off. I think there was a gap in between where Netflix really created it. You know, I mean, they 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 found the trend and then and then streaming services, and it was just logical for them to go into streaming services really quick. But I mean, I, I was the guy that was paying. $50 to rent a movie from Blockbuster because it would sit in the back of my car for a week, you know, right. as I would try to return right. it, you know. Right. And when that came out, and it was great, no late fees. It just, whenever we put them back in the mail, they sent me the next ones in my queue. It was really, really brilliant. I mean, I think undoubtedly Netflix literally killed Blockbuster. I mean, if you want to talk about one organization that literally was the death of another major organization, 
Netflix killed organization. I remember I discovered it and I had these, I would take these CDs back when I had just the one shop in Tequesta and, um, and the blockbuster was literally, I mean, this is how bad it was. My first shop in Tequesta blockbuster was literally three or four doors down and I would still have late fees. How fucked up is that? Right. <laughs> I mean, I still had late fees. So we, we were on the three or five, I think CDs at a time and they would just mail them out to you. We'd watch them when we were done. We'd, we'd throw them in the red envelope they gave you. And I'd just hand them to the mail guy when he'd come in. And they'd just send the next ones in our queue. And you got to go and browse and look and keep adding the new ones that you wanted in your queue that would be in the rotation finally. And um, brilliant part on them to not only, not only just to go streaming, but as with all these companies, they really kept back, you know, making their own originals. Yeah, you know, I don't know right. if they were the first one, but I think Netflix was early on to start making their own original shows. So I remember watching a I think a show or a documentary. I think there's like there's like one blockbuster left standing in like Oregon or Washington state somewhere. There's literally one. It's the last standing blockbuster store. Literally. Yeah. It was just become at this point more of a novelty store. I would get charged for that too. It was like a dollar or two dollar charge if you didn't rewind the damn tape. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 almost seems like another lifetime ago, right? You look back on it, fuck. How did we live like that? You know, what I mean, but yeah, right. it really is crazy. Right. I I I I look at our lifetime, right? I mean, I don't know if Alex, you were in the generation, but Coop, without a doubt, of literally having your father tell you to change the channel because you oh we on the, yeah. Clipper, on oh, the yeah. TV, right. So you look at our lifetime, I don't know what the fuck our kids are going to, not your kids as much, but Alex and our kids, man, what's going to be in store for them when they get to our age? Jesus. Right. Have you seen the new uh, Not true. Apple? Not, not true, Alan, because Blockbuster started doing the DVDs. Yeah. You know, it, it, it literally was Netflix filled late fees. It was streaming. I don't think there was one person. I, I've never met a soul who rented a movie from Blockbusters who didn't end up paying late fees. Yeah. You know, it was, it was literally it probably their main, their, their fat, their meat and potatoes of the revenue stream was late fees. Yeah. Um, and Netflix took that out of the equation completely and in a brilliant way. H have you seen the new uh, Apple headset that's like $4,000? It's like their no. version of VR headset. It's a VR. Um, yes, it's the VR. It's a VR, VR. Well, it's actually more of an AR headset, which is interesting, and they've really. And I think is, yes. So it's it's think about it's 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 like the VR, but you can actually still see out ahead of you. So imagine, you know, you're in your room. I can still see my room, but I still ha can have that big screen, that big, or or, or I mean, you can literally they're they're marketing it is like you can everything you would do on like your ipad or whatnot you would still do it would still with the vision of everything else behind you you know um but you know how long before that big headset becomes like a pair of contact lenses you know are there videos of this oh yeah it's badass but it's like literally like four thousand dollars it's yeah of, of course in apple and typical but it's disgustingly expensive but you know how long before something like that turns into a small pair of glasses and then just turns into a pair of contacts and becomes you affordable know, that, and will become affordable right, yeah it becomes affordable right yeah you know, that's yeah. that's like where we're heading kids so you know, it'll be like you're your entire at the life real will be world out. with 
shit just superimposed. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. so let me ask you a question. Because mm -hmm. I've never heard of it or looked at this guy. Is this gameplay or is this like a cartoon characters will walk around next to you? I mean, what the fuck is this? No, it, what, it is. What is the it's use all of, of it? it? It's, it's all gameplay. Yeah. It's it's gameplay. It is you can you know Matt. It's you can do like you're working on your iPad. Um, you know you can look at your you can text you can you can look at your photos. How big, emails. how big is this thing? Is it like a? Normal it's like your VR? it's like your typical VR headset. It's like your because typical Apple. What's what's the, what's the VR set that I had for a while that we I was using? Ah, uh, the Meta Quest. Quest. Yeah. So in the second version of Quest, um, the second round this quest two they added that feature now i don't know how <clears throat> excuse me i don't know how the augmented view is on this new apple shit but in that like if you broke the zone that you created of where you were at you were able to see through the goggles so then the the, the room would show you through the goggles but it was like in that infrared look that grayed out you know, look, do you understand what I'm saying? So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it in. It's nine minutes long, but uh I'll skip through it. But post, uh post you can link in the chat so I can go back and look at it later. You could even um it even detects your eye movement, like you can yep. look no your eyes, hand and voice, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, it's so pretty I'm, it's pretty badass. Let me, see. let me get it in here. I'm just gonna go through it a little so you can get a couple of it's badass. Yeah, it's, it's badass expensive too. When yeah, you that's, fall, that's actually smaller you than quest. You see your world and everything in it. Your favorite apps live right in front of you, but now they're in your space. This is Vision OS, Apple's first ever spatial operating system. It's familiar yet groundbreaking. They're happening inside Vision Pro. It looks, sounds, and feels like they are physically there. <laughs> Foundational to Apple Vision Pro is that you're not isolated from other people. When someone else is in oh, the room, you can see the eyes. And yes. they can see you. A moment of calm. Apple Vision Pro brings the scale and wonder of a movie theater to whatever space you're in. It automatically darkens and casts a beautiful glow into the room. And you can make the screen as big as you want. Whoa. Spatial audio surrounds you and makes you feel like you're a part of the action. And for an extraordinary cinematic experience, you can bring in a beautiful environment and make your screen feel a hundred feet wide. Out of here. all your open tabs your favorite apps from Apple and the App Store are there you can arrange them however you like and work seamlessly across them hi hey hi I don't see yeah. a controller in this gold hand no, no, you know. FaceTime oh, you. looks hand. and sounds amazing in Apple Vision Pro. Space with environments, like on a plane. You can now watch a movie on a huge screen in a stunning location. And you control just how immersed you want to be.
simpler system. So you engineered a system that uses it since your eyes see the world with incredible resolution. We built a micro OLED display. Personalized sound is delivered directionally to your ear and audio rate dual chip design. New way to use the apps we love. I could see one industry going right after this. What do you think it is? Sports? Porn. Porn. Yeah, well, porn is everything. I mean, I, I absolutely, I, yeah, I mean, just saying it. I got, well, how, would, how would they not take advantage of this? You know, you know what's sad? You know what I see right away happening? You know what's going to happen, right? I, I, we laugh about this because we see this in movies. But this is the, exactly where we're headed. You will have society of people walking down the street, on buses, in grocery stores, all walking around with the shit on. Sure. sure. The only people, the only right. people, the only people who will put this on in the morning, and it won't come off their head till they go to bed. Yep. Yep. So, so right, I can right, see listen. my. <laughs> I, I got to tell a story, just and it's not my story; it's a friend's story. But uh, if you got kids watching, don't let them watch at this point. So, I had a friend. I have a friend. Um, now, Cooper, you could, you could, you could watch porn on the older. Um, VR, VR headsets. Sure. Yeah, because you can open a web browser and. Whatever. Okay, I'd say yeah, I'm. I'm saying I'm not I'm that sure, up on that. Yeah, industry, yeah, I mean, but you're not. But it, I'm, obviously, this could take it to a whole new level. Yeah. So I had a friend who was uh, watching himself some porn, had his headphones in, um, you know, having a good time with himself in the bathroom, and uh, sadly, Jeez. his girlfriend walks in. <laughs> he he finally know. hears it. He doesn't oh. know. Finally. And then finally, and all she says to him is, oh, could you make it any fucking weirder? In terms of <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, you know, that's the uh, that's where we're living to. Um, I, I don't think I gonna be I don't think they're going to be far. And, you know, it could happen easily in our lifetime where it gets put into our nervous system somehow. Yeah, it's possible. It's yeah. Possible. DNA. It's highly possible. <laughs> In, I know in, uh, Coop has a ton of news this week. He's got yeah, a yeah. I got a little sidetrack with. I, I hadn't heard this at all. I did. I, but, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, that Apple the thing. First thing I'm doing after KMA is googling the shit out of this and reading about it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. unreal. But it is that time to bring you the scoop of what is going on in our industry this week. Rumor and teaser free as always. It's time for the scoop with Coop. <laughs> What's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coopa. It's a very busy week in news. With uh, There's been TP announcements. There's even been some PCA announcements. Um, so I'll kind of try to go through this swiftly. Uh, you guys can cut me off if you need to. Um, for, let's just get it out of the way. The uh, STG release of the week was announced this week. Uh, it's a new CAO flathead. Um, and what you kind of want to know about this is it's an 8x60 version of, of the flathead with a completely different blend. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's called the resonator. So it's named after the part of the, uh, the exhaust system of a car that, like, reduces noise. Um and, you know, they kind of have that whole uh, garage art type theme to it. Um, not the first time CAO's done an 8x60. They did that one, the Torque, that was in the oil can. Uh, 
Right. Uh, right but this right. is a different blend. Uh, but the Resonator is going to go for twelve seventy nine, and that should be shipping as early as next week. So you got your STG release of the weekend. What do you think, Gabe? Thoughts? No thoughts? Am I frozen? Like Gabe's, uh, Am I frozen? frozen. Yeah. Gabe may be frozen. Can you hear me? You a little frozen. Yes. He's, he's frozen, but we hear I can, you. I can hear you, but your 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 video is frozen. Hop out, come back in. Um, Can't fucking hop out. <laughs> what else but, you got, Coop? All right. Uh, Gurkha. Um... Late last year, they released a Year of the Dragon cigar, um, and they were doing that with the folks at El Artista. They've announced they're going to come out with a Year of the Dragon collaboration series, so they're going to partner with four uh, different uh, cigar makers uh, for this. There's going to be one with A.J. Fernandez. There's going to be one with Ernesto Perez Carrillo. There's going to be one with Oliva, and there's going to be one with Oscar Valadares. And these are going to start, I think, making debuting – uh at tpe and and the trade and then some of them will be at the trade show so you know i looked at the four companies that are doing this aj ernesto oliver and oscar they're the ones right. like doing the most collaborations out there so they're doing a lot sure. of these types of collaborations so i think it's a cool pro sure. i think it's something cool for gurkha to do this the, if you know because i think gurkha sometimes gets a bad rap and i think it's yes. pretty exciting to see them kind of come with some of these other um other collaborations in factory so this is a good thing for them i think I, I agree. I agree. And like you said, you know, they do get kind of a bad rap, but this may uh, compel people to try some of these knowing, you know, who they're made by. And, and you know, it's a it's a it's a cool idea. I don't. think. Yeah. We've, yeah. We've and I'll say this that year of the dragon they did the end of last year was pretty good. It's a pretty good cigar. So, uh, you know, give it a shot. Uh, but like I said, if you have a favorite maker, you can easily go ahead and, um, you know, pick up one of those. Sure. Sure. No, yep. good on Gurkha. Yep. All right. What next? Knuckle sandwich. Uh there's the Knuckle Sandwich 56 coming out. So last year, there was the Knuckle Sandwich 55 for Guy Fieri's 55th birthday. Uh, it was a 55 ring gauge cigar. Now we have the Knuckle Sandwich 56, which is a 6x56. Uh, it's in the oval box press size, which is, uh, a, you know, they're making this with AJ. So that's the oval size is something that AJ's kind of perfected as far as a box press goes. Um, and these are going to start shipping immediately from what I heard. Because Guy's, Guy's birthday was like a week ago. So I think it, oh, actually it was the beginning of, it was like 22nd. So, and I, and I, from what I understand, they made a lot more boxes this time than, than the last time. So right. Last time they only made like what? 555 or something like that. Yeah. They flew quickly. Yeah. They went. And I think some of them went to guy. I think a lot of those, I think a right. portion of those went to right. guy. So, um, the good news I think is like 55 of them went to guy and the rest of us were left with 500. And they went fast. They went fast Very last year. Fast. So uh, this is going to be a San Andreas Maduro on this one. Uh, it's coming out of AJ San Latino Factory, which is where uh, Eric does a lot of his production now these days. So uh, they're shipping. Uh, like You should start seeing them in the stores this week, I would guess. Let me ask you something, Coop. Is this like the new Espinosa model? It's like, hey, press release, and it started shipping yesterday. They did the same I thing. They've done this for, yeah. I've actually part of what Jack. It's that Cracker Jack, you know, timing of the of you know Team Espinosa. You know, I I think part. I think there's a couple reasons. I know sometimes it's photography and they want to get the right pictures and they want to have it in their possession. I think sometimes it's the issue is they get inundated when they announce this stuff too early. It's like they they get too much phone calls. It's it's so I I kind of get it. They so they do it right before. I don't. I've kind of asked if we could get 
get a little more notice on, but that's how they want to do it. So, but that is, I, I'm glad you said that, Alex, because that I, is something I, I've seen. I don't think that's by design. <laughs> I really don't think well, that's design. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> What's next? All right. Uh, I actually got a peek at this when I was in Tampa a couple weeks ago, but I think it wasn't open. Uh, J.C. Newman's opened the Cigar Workers Park. So it's right across the street from the entrance to the factory. Uh, it's a park that they've set up, and they dedicated it to the cigar workers. So it's part of this whole initiative that they're kind of trying to revitalize the north part of Ybor City. So, you know, the first step is they renovated the factory, then they opened it up for tours. Uh, now they have the park, and the park was, you know, they're renovating that hotel across the street right, as well. Right, so is the, the park is, like, adjacent to the hotel, kind of? Yeah, it's kind of a – it's like a four-way intersection, so it's, it's on the other side of the street, the, the hotel. Right. Um, they had, But the park was set up because they had bats in the hotel. Right, and it was a back they, cave. It was a back cave, and they didn't want to, like, you know, just let the bats, you know – so they, they actually moved the bats into the park. There's bat houses in the park, from what I understand. Um, but, yeah, they opened it up. Uh, it looks very nice from the outside when I saw it. So, um, you know, they had the mayor there. They had the uh, local congresswoman there to open it up. Uh, and I think they're doing a really – I think this is a long-term run for J.C. Newman to, re, to revitalize. Because they're kind of cut off from the rest of Ybor City because of I-4. So that, that north part of Ybor City is kind of – it's not as you know active, and I think it's a it's a, this is a long term initiative they're doing. Um, I look forward to kind of just going into that, and you can smoke in the park, from what I understand too. Awesome. So, awesome. yeah, yeah. I think what we had Drew, we had Drew um, on for one of our TGS releases. So that you know, this year we made three special releases: Dragonfire, yep, uh, Dunbar and Dragonfire, and then dropping this Wednesday is our final and third one. Uh, the yeah. third rendition of Ming in Underground, which was the next story, Abe. Actually, yeah, yeah. good yeah. time. in the news. There, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, but I wanted to say, listen, that Dragonfire they did. It was the first time we actually spoke with Drew Newman for a period of time. He's never been on Candy yeah. Radio that I can remember. Um, and it was a great, great interview. And He's great. Yeah, it really was, uh, and it, it was cool because he was like, "Oh yeah, let me grab and let me walk and show you." He yeah, showed us that new blending sack. He was, uh, it was kind of interactive. It was cool. I don't think there's a lot left, but I was in the warehouse uh, yesterday, and there is still some dragon fires left. So if you are a TGS ticket holder, and um, you haven't had a chance to check it out, I definitely, without a doubt, five pack worthy. It's available in five packs. Go check it out if you have a if you have a virtual or live ticket. You can go to the TGS website, enter the store and check it out before they're gone because i was very very happy with that blend that cigar very cool they don't do and they don't this is a company that's not known <laughs> for doing event cigars i mean they do have right. some limiteds but they, they they're, don't they're know not even known for doing limiteds to be honest with you yeah They've right it's very, very few limiteds they do yeah 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 so that's a, like i said that's a that's a nice thing they did i think the packaging came out great on that but the ming i'm excited about as well um that is a new size of the um the underground 10 it's a five by five and a half five and a quarter by 50 54 so, 54 i forgot 54 yes yeah, so right. um and um ming was ming jonathan drew gave you the ming name right was it yeah, jonathan? He, he that was one of the many nicknames that i got given throughout my career early on jonathan used to call me ming and um we had the first rendition. There was, there was typically three different renditions of Ming. So Ming was literally kind of like our first micro blend before they were smoking micro blends. 
it was a 10 count box that came in individual wooden coffees designed by you know uh scott chester and um when that allocation went out then it came went to national distribution for every anybody which then it was a 10 count box without the coffins and then after Saka came on board ming dynasty yep was released which was another 10 count box bellicoso format two wrappers so there were six by 60 cigars and now this third rendition of the ming which doesn't seem to ever go away pretty cool um yep. very nice job they did with it yeah the undercrown 10 basically blend tweaked a little with a different size and i love the little red tab you know homage i i thought that came out great yeah on the box to the original ming thing so I think I think um, I think anybody who's been in the industry this long, because you know the, the first two Ming renditions were infused cigars, yeah. But anybody who nostalgically um, are going to want to grab one of these. Uh, I, I know Kevin Shahan has been a long time lobbyist, yes, yes, to bring Ming yes. cigars back. But it yeah. came back, Kevin. It came back, just yeah. not. Hey, not wasn't there cigars. a scenario in the during the national release of it where it was like? Hey, hey, what the hell are you doing on the cover of Cigar International's catalog? Yeah, because literally, like, so, you know, I was literally a nobody in the industry back then. I mean, not really well known. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very close with Jonathan and Marvin for, for many, many years. I mean, literally since almost when they started the company. So I remember it was a big surprise for me that year um, when it was being sold nationally is, and they, they said, oh, wait, you want, when you come on the floor, come to our booth. And they had this, like, 10 foot canvas it was I, I they flew me up to new york and we did this photo shoot and it was me and this asian girl and i was standing behind her and, I, and at that time i had these weird sideburns i was sporting it was a very pointed sideburn you know it wasn't done for me maybe that's why jonathan used to call me ming but i had these very pointed sideburns and um and a goatee so i'm standing behind her all big and huge and this girl's like this tiny little Asian girl's holding the box in front of me on this ad. I, I may have the graphic somewhere. I'll post it if I find it. Um, the girl was like six four. <laughs> like I was standing on a platform, she was sitting in a chair, but she looks like like this little petite thing. And um, it during that trade show, they passed out. You know, Drew Estate was historic, or even early on before they were big and had tons of money. They threw these epic trade show parties. And the invitations of that party, I, I have one in my museum here, was that that ad, me and the Asian girl and, you know, Drew Estate party, Drew Estate bash and whatever. And this is what got passed out to everybody at the trade show. So the next day, the trade, the next day after the party, everybody's welcoming. Dude, that was awesome. Thank you so much. And I, I'm like, no, no, bro, that's Drew Estate, you know. And then finally, like a couple hours into it, I started saying, Oh, I'm glad you had a great time, man. Check out our, you know, I just started, yeah, I just started running with it. But CI used that ad for the cover of their catalog, one of the catalogs that year. So I was getting calls like, why are you on the cover of CI? I'm like, what? So, yeah, a lot of cool stories behind that that line. So um, it's good to see it come back. And what better fashion than as a great smoke release. So super cool. I just put a link in the chat. Um, if you go to like the, it's an internet archive I pulled this up on. If you go to the very early days of KMA, which was Kiss My Ash Radio, Abe was actually listed as a cast bio with the name Ming. That's how he was known in those early ones. Yeah, that was that was literally the, the first 
nickname given to me in the industry and then uh big delicious was probably second and then i think honest abe was the the, the third iteration of people giving me nicknames all righty coop what else you got so we have a few alternate releases i know we didn't get a chance to talk to Raphael on those um but he's like they're, they're going into tpe strong they got four releases coming out I'd like um, to ask him about that, and we just didn't get a chance. We, we kind of hit one of them. We kind of hit one of them, but yeah, we, there's a lot. So and and the early, you know, PCA this year. Yeah, yeah, but they have other stuff for PCA. This is just their TPE stuff they're coming out with. Wow. So All the right, first, hit. yeah, the first one's a new Romeo Julieta. Uh, it's a extension of the Reserva Real line. It's called Midnight Twist. Um, so they did. It's a barber pole. They did a barber pole with the. Dominican Reserva Real line uh, called Twisted. Now they're doing the Midnight Twist, which is this is the Nicaraguan one they're making out of AJ's factory. So you can see it's it's a barber pole. Uh, they're going to be doing the same sizes as they did with the Dominican one. So one's called the Love Story, which is a 46 by four and a quarter Perfecto. And the other one's the Toro, which is a 54 by six. So these are going to be shipping in March from what I understand, but they'll be at the tra- uh, the TPE next week. I, I like these kind of barber poles where it's it's not like symmetrical. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's kind that, of pinstripe. It's pinstripe. Yeah, it's almost pinstripe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of you know it's kind of you look at Altus. What they've done is they've, um, it's kind of a contemporary spin on a classic line. And yeah. I think that that's something that we didn't get to talk to Raphael about. I think he's excelled at doing that, keeping the integrity of the classic brand, but putting a modern spin on it. Right. All right, what else? Uh, there's a new St. Louis Ray. Uh, it's called the uh, Carreñas Ultramar. Uh, that means overseas. So the, that they kind of, again, this was another thing. Raphael kind of resurrected St. Louis Ray a few years ago with the Carreñas. So this is a, another right. one. Uh, made in Honduras. It's going to be mostly a Honduran blend with a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. Uh, it's going to be available in four sizes. And uh, like I said, I think this I, I like the Carreñas. It was very, uh, very kind of old school cigar. So I'm what's curious the, to see what this one. What's the price point on this one? Coop? This one's going to be not bad. I mean, uh, nine starting at nine ten uh, for the the Corona size and going up to ten sixty nine for the six by sixty. Not bad I, at all. I, I think that's a good move because I'm going to tell you what. So I'll never forget that was one of those lines that when I heard they were coming out with, I'd literally like, oh no, not St. Louis Ray. I mean that brand has just been such a catalog brand for so long bringing it back is going to be like near death impossible and i was shocked i I was shocked too when it came in it people loved it it resonated it sold very very well like son of a gun they did it it wasn't it was a lot a little bit more expensive than this rendition here yeah and then it just kind of flatlined i don't know if people moved on or you know i think people tried it they liked it they enjoyed it but it wasn't something that made a lot of people's regular rotation. I think price point might have been the issue with it. So we'll yeah. see how this one pans out. I think this is a very good price point. Like I said, that last cigar was really good. I remember we were renting a house in Orlando, and I had a box of those, and everyone was loving that cigar who was smoking at the house there. So, uh, you know, that one's – so we'll see. I think I said uh, – but he's resurrecting another brand. Uh, they're bringing back Tayamo. This, this – we'll see. Now this is interesting. So this, this is the one. This is not the first time. No, but the last one was that revolution, which was yeah. But this could be the third resurrection of this I, brand. I don't think Tayamo's ever completely died as a brand. I think it's still sold. It's, it's no, it's never died, but it's yeah. not 
but it's died. It, 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 hasn't, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been discontinued. It never went away. Yeah. But it's died. So, yeah. you know, for those who weren't around the room, for whatever reason, because they honestly, they were ugly cigars. Tiamo, yeah. the original Tiamo could go in the Hall of Fame of the ugliest looking cigar ever produced in our industry. Sorry, Raphael, I love you. You weren't there yet, so it's not against you, but it's hard to argue that wasn't one of the ugliest, roughest looking cigars. Um, I remember because, you know, when I would got in my early career, I was serving outside accounts and they would ask for Tiamo and I'd bring this box and then I'd open it up to put it in the case. I look at it. Oh, that's a fucked up box. I can't put this out. And then I soon realized, no, that's just how they looked. Um, but it was uber popular. Tiamo was an Cab driver cigar. Brand. It was a cab driver cigar. Yeah. And it was everywhere. And especially in the Northeast and Midwest, it was a super strong brand. Yeah. And, and then after the boom, it just kind of well to the wayside. And, you know, you know, the, the, the Tarrant family is, you know, they're tobacco growers. I mean, they are Mexico. Yeah. And, um, I think one of the problems they had with, with, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this scoop because I have a lot of data that just kind of melds sometimes mm -hmm. over the years. But one of the things about making Mexican cigars was Mexico was not allowed to import tobacco. Correct. Correct. So That's they had it. to make, if you were all making Mexican. a cigar in Mexico, you had to make it with all Mexican tobacco. I, with the reason, the region, and I bought this up with Rafael. The region is just not made to grow good filler tobacco. Right, right. So it had a very hard time, but then that changed. I can't remember how long ago in the last. I remember decade. they did the triple play. They did the turn triple yeah. play. That was all, and that was a really good cigar when they did it. That was all Maduro. It was all Maduro from Mexico. Little little scoop. No, not the tri triple play. No, pure Corojo. Pure Corojo was the next one they did. Yeah. Yeah, pure Corojo was a trademark of mine. So oh. I had a little, I, like like uh, triple Maduro. I had a little. Uh, royalty involved in that for a while. Well, there you go. There you go. Hey, yeah, oh, never yeah. heard of come up with a good name. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, to see this brand, I, I hope, I hope, because for me, it's been my my whole career in this industry, Tiamo, and uh, they've just had a hard time bringing it back to life. But I think, I think changing the laws and them able to really make a cigar that has tobacco grown in other countries and other regions opened the door for them for a lot of possibilities. Yeah, well, sure. this is going to be a Mexican Puro. It's still going to be Mexican Puro. They're calling it the, the technical name is the original San Andreas Valley cigar. Um, but here's the here's the thing that I'm like, this is going to take some work, I think, because the price point's a little higher on this than I maybe would expect on a Tiamo. It starts from ten thirty nine, it goes up to twelve seventy one. So they're going to have some work to do now. They're getting Alejandro Torrent to kind of support them on events, but it, it, this is going to be a project for them this year, no doubt, to, to, to do this. Alejandro Torrent d delved into making his own brand very short-lived. I don't even know it still exists. It's still around the Casa and the Casa Torrent, but they, they don't do well in the U.S. They're primarily uh, an international brand now. I know they tried to break it; it just didn't didn't go well. You know, it's very hard. It is hard. Most manufacturers they can't very... receive the mentality of. It. And listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who the number one company who suffered for this for a very, 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 very long time. Placencia. Placencia. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same thing. They Remember, don't they... understand the marketing and what it, it's not just about making a cigar. They just don't because they see themselves. We make these great successful cigars for everybody. So we should do this. They don't realize there's a whole other component and another business that they are 
a lot of times clueless in, and it's hard to make that leap for a lot of these guys. That's why they brought Jim Young in now. You look at what Jim Young's coming in there, and he's got a lot of experience now with this. So, yeah. Uh, Cooper, you got a. You, we do have one more Altus release, well, right? One more Altus release. Uh, it's going it, to be a new segment. Altus release. Yeah. release. Well, <laughs> no, they, they don't wait. We they don't go week by week. They just yeah, hammer it out all yeah. at once. Uh, this is actually one that already got released internationally, but it's coming to the U.S. Uh, Vega Fina, you're the dragon. So uh, the Vega, there Vega Fina has been doing Chinese Zodiac cigars for about seven yes. years right now. Uh, the last few have come to the U.S. So you're the dragon is uh, coming in. And uh, that is going to be a $15 price point. It's going to be a six and three quarter by 54 cigar. Um, and mostly Nicaraguan and Dominicans, which are mostly what the Vega Fina formula is. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, this industry. Psychologically, a Zodiac cigar just means expensive. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. It, it does. It does. And, and by the way, by the way, Rocky's got one coming out, which I, is thirty five dollars. I saw that. You yeah. it, like, right it, 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 it yeah. just there's some mentality that if it's yeah. a Zodiac cigar, high price point. Yeah, I'm going to the guy to drop a one. seven yeah. or eight dollars Zodiac line. Let's do that. Let's see how that pans out. Well, how much was? Uh, how, well, Dragonfire wasn't a Zodiac cigar, right? Well, just tied in with the event. Yes, but yeah, decent price point. That's why I said that was a good price point. Yeah, definitely five or five or worthy if you have a TGS ticket. Yeah, totally worth it. Yeah. So anything else, Coop? Uh, just that Rocky Patel one was the other one that that's going to be actually debuting at the trade show for the U.S. So, uh, they're also doing some international releases. So you got a photo of that real quick, Alex? I thought you had. I didn't know. Coop didn't. He. I got. I only got the photo this morning. Yeah, I, I had, saw he dropped it like like twenty minutes before the show. I just so, had yeah, it, I could like look like a real pretty box. Yeah, someone in yeah, uh, Pearl Savora snapped the picture for me, so I hadn't been able to get the picture. And that's enough. a thirty five dollar price point. Thirty five dollar price point, which is cheaper than the conviction. So, in, yeah, conviction. We have a conviction review coming out. Uh, Ben's it, doing it next week. Is yeah, it conviction or inviction, Cooper? <laughs> conviction, conviction. And there that's you go. Rocky. That's a nice. Spot. All right. Yeah. I got about three minutes to get two segments in. Yep, we yep. got it. No, right, sorry, right. sorry, we went long this week on the. No, 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 no. Good. we're good. We're we good. got a lot of news. Okay. We like a lot okay. of news. All right, right. give Cooper's give Cooper's outro, Abe. All right, so for more information, please check out cigar hyphen dupe coop dupe com. Always teaser and rumor free. Yep. Now it's time for I don't know what week we are on seven. Is it stump pick number seven? It's pick Picks, number uh, eight. Pick eight. Oh okay. gosh, this, this this season's taken forever. Yep, yep. Pick number eight, week three of Tale of the Tape, season eight. Let's run it. about paul paul is taking a small hiatus he's got a lot going on baby's coming due last week on his house yeah so yep. we're giving paul the time he needs he will definitely be hosting the great smoke in a couple weeks so if you really do miss paul you'll get your fill of him very very soon yeah he's got so some catching have, up to do with stj so yes so yeah. we are on pick number eight. eight go ahead alex run with it all right uh, do you remember your pick i know you, you gave me your I list, got a list. I, 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 
So I I will I'll start it off. I'll start it off this week. So my number eight pick is Scrooge McDuck. So holy happy! I thought we said no Disney. Is is Scrooge McDuck Disney? It's all right. He is. He is Disney. Oh, we said for Paul. We said for Paul. No Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really. It's not a Disney movie, so I didn't even think about okay. it. You know, it's not. So I didn't think about it. You're right. So technically, this is an invalid pick. But Abe was allowed to pick girls in our in our tough guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll there you go. The we'll there you go. It was only for Paul, as far as I thought. But yeah. the thing about Scrooge McDuck is, you know, not only was he, you know, the 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 curmudgeon uncle who would swim in his vault of money. But for a kid, Scrooge McDuck was like every kid's first financial advisor. If you remember, there was a there was a cartoon that was Scrooge McDuck and money where Scrooge McDuck actually broke down, uh, you know, financials and money and, and investing and all that. You know, so as a kid, it, it may have been a, a lot of kids and probably my first introduction into under kind of understanding money. So Scrooge McDuck, my invalid pick for number eight. Interesting. Um, I'll go next. Uh, my pick this week is the only one on my list that you would put in a modern era of animation um, is Stewie Griffith. Uh, I mean, how do you not love this flamboyant, eccentric, supposedly one-year-old right. the football head? Probably, <laughs> right? With probably the most well-spoken, advanced vocabulary in an upper British class accent. To boot. I mean, <laughs> when I first, before I really kind of ever watched Family Guy or knew what it about, you know, you're flipping through the TV, you come across cartoons, and you're listening. I always thought like this was somebody's midget uncle, you know? And, and you know, and it's funny because he's, he's just an easy guy to like. And then when you find out, no, this is a family member who's like supposed to be an infant. I mean, what a concept. I mean, what a concept creatively. Um, Seth Farland executing the voice and, and, making him come to life. Uh, it, it was very hard for me to have a top 10 list that didn't include this character. Cooper, take it away. Uh, I went old school, and I went with a pretty old school classic uh, character from Hanna-Barbera. Uh, I went Huckleberry Hound. Uh, you know, Huckleberry Hound. Was that is old school, bro. Classic yeah. hat. Yeah, classic hat. He was one of, he was that Tennessee Southern character. He, you know, he's saying, oh, oh, my darn Clementine, terrible. That was the whole joke. They had him do, like, jo different jobs he would do. He would go to different time periods. Later on, he was using a lot of these Hanna-Barbera ensemble type of uh, roles. Uh, I remember he was in the Scooby-Doo Olympics. He was on right. one of the teams. So. Right. Uh, but, yeah, just just a kind of a, uh, you know, maybe he's a little a little dry, but he always it always delivered a good cartoon for me. And so I always I went Huckleberry here. You dug deep for that one. Yeah. All right. All right. Do we have a leaderboard? We do have a leaderboard. Let's show our picks. And we don't have we, Paul. we don't have Paul. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to update him. We'll catch him up. Yeah. But yeah, there there's our last three picks of, of, of ours, and uh we'll see who makes it to uh, number seven next week. Now, in traditional fashion, it's time to close KMA Talk Radio, as we always do. Um, with our newest sponsor of guests doing it in his own unique fashion. Uh, Rocky Patel of Rocky Patel Cigars. It's time to find out. Would you rather?
know with, with that money and love one. I don't know if Rocky would actually even turn <laughs> turn around on that one. Nah, I love you, Rock. All right, all right, well, bring it up. We have a question for us, the crew, and all our fans out there from Rocky Patel himself. Let's run it. Hi, everybody. The Rocky Patel question for the KMA crew today is: Would you rather be Batman or would you rather be Spider Man? Thank God he didn't say Robin. I was scared for a second. I, I was, uh, I'm like, nobody's picking Robin, dude. That's a great one. Two of my all-time classic favorite literal yeah. superheroes. See, okay, so so this is a tough part because, oh, that's funny. You can't see my pawn in my hand. I just realized that. My little pawn. Uh, I uh, you had the virtual problem. Because it's green, yeah. So here's my question, and I guess we're going to have to make the clarification, right? So if I have to pick between Batman and Spider-Man, do I also have to be Bruce Wayne or Peter Parker? Of course. Because that def okay, so of that, course. That's, that's, that's part of the stick. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's part of the stick. All right. So then that makes it a little simpler for me. I'll I'll, I'll just jump in. I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Batman. Is everybody um, taking Batman for the money? I, I, yeah, man. Because there's two sides. You know, if I get to be Bruce but Wayne, you do too, know that Batman. I got more than the money. I got more than the money, but but I'm picking Batman. Yeah. But you know, huh? Batman's a miserable motherfucker. You're not ever gonna be. You you're gonna live your life in perpetual torment. Yeah, but the, but the other side is where I live my life as an insecure high school kid. So it's kind yeah. of you know it's no yeah, so Spider Man became he's more of a cocky Batman, always happy, always positive, always looking to. I listen to me. Iconically, two of my favorite superheroes. Love the depth and complexity of Batman as a person. Um, Peter Parker, just that flamboyant levity that he lives his life in, and whatever is is it, it just always, you know, I was attracted to that. Um, you know, there's this saying, "Money isn't everything." I, I I think I would go with Spider Man on this one. I think I'd rather live my life as Spider Man as a human being than be a miserable dark lonely you know secluded batman just don't think i could live my life that way no matter how much the money is well i'll invite right. you over to wayne manor once in a while <laughs> i'll be i'll be spending over a lot i'll be i'll be spending a lot of time over at your place then great question by rocky patel kudos yeah i mean the bat cave was always big for me the batmobile you know all those gadgets in the bat cave the bat computer the bat radar yeah i mean it was just a lot of cool stuff i you know I did a lot of Batman comic book reading as a kid, novel, graphic novel reading. Man, he's just too sad, bro. But I, mean, I, I, I'm Adam West bad. Batman. I go back to Adam West Batman, who was yeah, that's, that's bullshit. That's not the real Batman. But that Batman. was what I grew up with. That was what I grew up with. He's just too depressing, man. He is too sad, too narcissistic, too cynical. I mean, too cynical. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't live my life happily as a Batman. It would just be too hard. And let's face it, man. Spider-Man's got some cooler, cooler things, man. I, I always liked Batman's relationship with Catwoman. I could swim around a city and climb on walls. I mean, it's some cool shit there. Yeah. What'd you say, Coop? I always liked Batman's relationship with Catwoman in, in the old show. Yeah, two miserable fucks together. No, but in the old <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Julie Newmar was incredible as, as a Catwoman. Well, this brings in a uh, close to episode number 528 of KMA Talk Radio. Thanks to the fine folks of Rocky Patel closing out our show with Would You Rather. Great question, Rocky. Um, join us next week, and we'll be on Wednesday before next week. If You you can watch it even if you don't have a TGS ticket, but we're going to have uh, Willie Herrera. 
talking about the Undercrown Ming, which is our TGS release. We'll be broadcasting Wednesday night, 6 p.m. As always, we hope you enjoyed your time. We brighten your Saturday. Best way to start your Saturdays. And until next week, everybody, keep it lit.